Hey, what's up, family? It's Coach Josh. I want to officially welcome you guys and gals out, ladies and gentlemen, out to another live Q&A of yours truly. Um, this is my opportunity to help you make sense of your life and help you grow holistic for God's optimal use. And as everyone is coming in who's joining me live, for those who's listening later or watching later, I want to say welcome. If this is your very first time and you watched the video, I hope this is a, a blessing to you. I hope it's something that you see will aid you in your walk with God and just walking through our life. And if that is the case, go ahead and subscribe, hit the bell. I'd love to have you a part of my community here online. And if you're watching this and you've been a part of my community, my a long time. I want to say thank you so much for being a part of uh, uh, what I do here online. And I just want to say thank you. And as everyone's coming, make sure you like, comment, share all that good stuff. But I'm going to give everyone opportunity to come in live. And for those who are new, this is where I just answer um, questions from my online audience. And uh, I, I, I kind of honor to do so. So I'm going to let everyone come in live and then we'll get started. I won't be before you too long because I know it's late. Good night, Nadell. I know it's late, y'all, but I want to make sure I stay consistent and make sure that I serve you all. So I'm going to let everyone get in here and just see what questions we have for today. Greetings. What's going on, Nikki? Won't be on here maybe 20, 25 minutes. I'm going to answer maybe four or five questions. Then we're going to get on up out of here. What's up? What's up, Marcio? Mauricio? What's up, brother? <clears throat> but I hope you all having a great start to your week. Hello, Jesse J. Hope you all are, are start, had your good start to your week with your strong with a strong Monday, and I hope you all are uh, are uh, still focused and getting things done. What's going on, everybody? Thank you for watching, Brian. Oh, we got one qu first question. Mauricio says, "How to be content when you work in ministry and see others making more money than you?" Um, um, success in ministry is relative, um, but success ultimately is based upon God. Uh, most people that we compare ourselves to in ministry are, are um, first off, doing that. We're doing our own selves disservice because we don't even know if that person's really um, doing it with uh, with God and uh, with their whole heart. And so, to help you specifically, bro, is understand that God has a unique work for you to do. Um, that 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 not everybody's ministry has the same scope. Not everybody's ministry has the same time frame of success, and not everybody's ministries uh, from God. Thank you so much for giving. Um, uh, but but what we have to understand, Marciano, is understand that. Um, like, let me tell you my story. I used to be that guy that used to compare my ministry to everyone else. I was like, man, God, why when I'm giving people the full counsel of your word, when I'm, 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 I'm really giving people that. And then he really had to break it down to me that a lot of people who are in ministry right now are in ministry um, for their own personal brand. Um, they're, they're in marketing, um, all these different things. And, and if you compare yourself with somebody else's ministry, you find yourself um, I'm confused, distracted, and not growing in the anointing that God wants you to grow in, my friend. So the best advice from my own personal experience is you don't have to worry about what everybody's doing in ministry because if you're not a fly on the wall and in the walls where people are really talking about why they do what they do, then you don't really know the true fruit of it. So how to be content when you work in ministry and see others making more money than you? Um, don't let money be your goal. Um, because ultimately, well, the reason why I'm doing ministry is not for my earthly gain or earthly possessions. I know that when I get to heaven, I know that's where my real fruit is going to be. So when you understand that eternity is your goal, that uh, the Bible says, don't lay up for your treasures here on earth where moth and rust can destroy and with thieves can break in and steal. And when you have that mindset, my friend, you will continue to work despite the comparisons, focus on making sure that God gets the ultimate glory and don't worry about how much money you make. Right now, uh, uh, when you focus on money, money flees. But when you focus, when you focus on your craft and focus on God and fellowship, money finds you. It's that simple, man. When you look for money, money runs. When you focus on God, money comes chasing after you. And I'm a living witness. I don't have to want 
<clears throat> I don't even want, honestly, bro, when you mature in ministry, you'll realize and desire that you don't even want a big ministry. There's a lot that comes with this stuff, man, that if I was you, I will enjoy what God has you and learn. Because I, when I was at your age or in the beginning stage of ministry, I envied, I made comparisons, I wanted success. And then when I really got behind the veil and really saw how uh, many of these people were men and women from hell, then I realized most of these people that we're comparing ourselves to are hired men. And, and even if you do compare yourself to someone, so a person's ministry who's successful, money shouldn't be the goal. Um, the goal should be impacting others and making sure people find Christ. He said, if I be lifted up, I draw all men. So my ultimate reward is in heaven. And my friend, if you focus on, uh, on uh, your assignment here, on making sure that God is pleased and God is, is honored and his people are impacted, money will come find you, opportunities come find you, but never let money be the goal because then you'll be doing, you'll be looking at people like I used to look at people as opportunity. And that's not what you want to be because you're really not doing heart, doing the ministry from the right heart. Hope to help fam. Enoch Toom says, <clears throat> hey coach, how often should you cast out demons in prayer? Great question. Um, when it comes to demonology and spiritual warfare, you got to make sure that you're led. Um, when you, if you're talking about personal self-deliverance, me, I, I cleanse myself maybe, and when I, I'll make sure I make it plain when I say this, I cleanse myself maybe once every or twice a month. Um, and what I mean by cleanse myself, um, I know I'm a target and I, I know there's witches. I know there's people who just don't like what I do. Um, and, and they're going to try to use me as a target. And anytime I don't feel like myself, I do self-deliverance prayers. It doesn't mean that I'm possessed by demons, but I'm being oppressed by them. I got to make sure that I just kind of cleanse because when you go into a demonic world and you're doing things on behalf of God, you're a threat and it comes to the territory. So how often I do uh, uh, self-deliverance is probably twice a month. But in regards to casting out demons in ministry, you got to be led by God in that. Uh, make sure you wise in that. Make sure that you're not in sin, number one. Make sure you are led by the spirit of God because it is him that casts out the demons through you, that you'll be able to heal them through the sense the Holy Spirit, you'll be able to know what names are the demons inside the person. Um, you'll use wisdom where you know you get a chance to get to know the person if it's that type of ministry. Um, but casting out demons um, is 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 a form of ministry that takes skill, that takes um, a level of consecration, it takes a level of, of focus, a level of discipline. Um, because the Bible says some things don't come out but by prayer and fasting. And um, and but when it comes to like for my personal experience, casting out demons. Um, it's not something that you do every, I do every day. Um, uh, and God knows where I'm at in my stage in my life and where, if I'm able to have that kind of focus because delivering someone is equipping them and training them and teaching them to make sure their house is full once the demons cast out. So a lot that comes with demonology and I might do a video on that, but I, but I'm leery about that because I don't want people to try to jump out in ministry with zeal and try to cast out demons and find themselves like the, uh, like the two men in the Bible who try to cast out demons and they got beat out of the city naked. I don't want you guys to be like that. You know, you're on a highway, no clothes on. Could you try to cast a demon out? And so um, personally, self-deliverance prayers do it by probably twice a month, depending on the season, depending on how I'm feeling. Uh, but when it comes out casting out demons, be led by the spirit of God. And that's not a ministry, just jump in. Um, but it's something that we're called to do. And unfortunately, a lot of ministries don't do it uh, but because it's dirty work and it requires a certain level of discipline. And you really can't mix and mingle and sin because demons will call you out. If they know that there's a demon in you you're trying to cast them out there, they will expose you. And so you just got to be wise. Hope to help, fam. <clears throat> Sugar Mama, what's going on? Let's keep going. Good evening. Thanks for being blessed. You're so welcome, Christine. Angela also says, here we go. Hey, coach, how can I stay focused during this crazy time? I find myself watching the news so much. My friend, cut the news off, my friend. Um, 
the only news that you should be engaging is what God wants to show new about yourself, show you new about himself. And what you have to understand is that the news is programmed um, to get you connected to it, to get you emotional, to get you on one or two sides. And then you halt between two opinions, confused, battling your brothers and sisters. So how you stay focused is unplug. I don't watch the news. Like I don't even like, I know what's going on because I have to know. Um, and I know what I need to know based upon a spiritual climate. So I understand what principalities are doing. I understand what demon, what type of demon activities out there. And I move accordingly. Um, but but how to stay focused, my friend, cut it off, knowing that God's got you. Seek him, uh, especially when you feel like the news is being overwhelming to you. Uh, and, and you have to understand the agenda of the media, the agenda of the news is to have you in hysteria, to have you in emotional imbalance and to cause you to be uh, one of two sides, pent up, fighting against flesh and blood. What's going on here? is a mess in this election year. I mean, we had Ebola and, and, and Ferguson on 2016, and now we have uh, co coronavirus and we have George Floyd. And so um, when things starts getting politicized, um, then you know there's an agenda. So what I would do is make sure you are focused on God, fellowshipping with him, unplug often, and get, and get back to family, get back to personal development, get back to health, get back to those things. Because like all plagues, like all things, these two shall pass. But what, I, what we don't don't want to happen is that you lose yourself in the climate and you and most people unfortunately going to come out of this coronavirus come out and be november 4th everything's kind of dying down be january everything's dying down and they got nothing to show for it right now working on two books getting a card game out there's i don't got time to get caught up in that because the kingdom has an assignment for me to do i can't get caught up in what's going on in the nation what's going on with other people I, even though my heart aches and even though i have concerns but i know i got to stay focused and so you got to find something to focus on. Be productive because idle time leads you to be internalizing everything that's on the television, my friend. And so what I would do is turn it off because their agenda is not pure. Maybe what I would do is find uh, more accurate news sources that's not publicized on where you get your news from and learn how to connect the dots for yourself. Sharpen your own mind where you're able to not get so emotional and use emotion, but you're able to connect the dots and know when to be gentle like a dove and wise as a serpent and know how to move out here. And that's just how I move, man. And I don't watch the news. I don't get caught up in it. Um, because I got to focus on what I got to do, because what most people are going to end up doing is have nothing to show for this season. While coach is going to have a lot to show for this season and we elevate and we on because we on behalf of the kingdom and the kingdom's not affected by what's going on down here. COVID, there ain't no, there ain't no cases of COVID-19 in, in, in heaven. There ain't no cases of George Floyd in heaven. And by me as an ambassador for the kingdom of God, I got I to gotta continue to fulfill my assignment. And, and that's what you do. Unplug turn the news off, read a book, get in your Bible, number one, uh, focus uh, on your craft and personal development, and then you'll come out of this season while everybody else is still the same. You know, that gain from it. Hope to help. <clears throat> Great questions, y'all. Pink October says, hey, coach, may God continue to bless you and everyone here tonight. Thank you so much, Pink October. Thank you. Judah says, what do you think about people who prophesy about you? Are they credible? Some of the things that they that are said are true. Uh, what I would do, Judah, like I always do with prophecy, I put them on the shelf and I let God pull them out. First off, prophecy is supposed to confirm what God has already told you. Prophecies should always, should always confirm what you already sense the Lord is telling you. Prophecy should never be new for you. If it's new to you, then it ain't for you. If it's, if it's, if it's something that... Uh, uh, 
connects with what God's already shared with you and you've already felt in your spirit, then you put it on the shelf either way, but you know that's from God. Uh, but you got to be very careful. There's there's games in prophecy where people use prophecy to control people. And so what I would do is always put prophecy on the shelf. What I would do is I'll write the date write the date that you got the prophecy, write what the prophecy was and write down the person that gave it to you. And then and then check off when it comes to pass. If it never comes to pass and it's just whatever, then you know that person may either made a mistake or it's not credible. But back in the Bible days, there was no room for error. And and, and you just got to make sure that you don't internalize prophecy and become a, uh, become a, a puppet and idolize the prophets and they use you for a word and, and milk you for money. And um, so what I would do is write the date you got the prophecy, write the prophecy down, write who the prophet is and put it on the shelf, put that notebook on the shelf. And when it manifests, praise God and keep it moving, but never praise the person or get caught up in that. Uh, Jesse J says, how do you deal with intrusive thoughts? Uh, let me see what intrusive thoughts are. I think I know what it is, but I don't know if it's a term for something else. Yep. Intrusive thought definition. Let's see what that is. That seems to become stuck in your mind. They can cause distress as the nature of that. The thought may be upsetting. Uh, thoughts that seem to become stuck in your mind. Okay, gotcha. Uh, what I would do, my friend, facts over feelings. What I always tell people is to write the thought down, right? Write the thought down, my friend. And the next column, I want you to do three columns. <clears throat> I want you to write the thought down on the first column. And the second column, I want you to find scripts that either supports it or contradicts it what that thought is. And then if it's a vain thought, you write vain. If it's a valid thought, you write valid. Now you understand validity. The validity of a thought is not predicated on Earth's view as far as validity. Validity is proven based upon what the scripture says. Is it valid? You check it off with in Philippians. Is it true? Is it lovely? Is it a good report? Etc. If not, you got to train your mind, reverse engineer that thought by saying, this is the thought that I'm going to choose to think on in contradictory of this vain thought. Because if you don't, if you don't own your mind, your mind will be owned. Simple as that. If you don't own your mind, your mind will be owned. And media and society and, and people in witchcraft are controlling people due to people not guarding their minds. But you got to exercise the muscle of your mind to know the difference between what's vain and what's valid. And in order to do that, you got to know what the word of God is. In order for you to trust the word of God, you got to find that the word of God is infallible and can be trusted. If not, then you're going to be allowing any thoughts in without any type of protective guard to ensure that what you're thinking is truly from the Lord. The Bible tells us, not metaphorically, not poetically, when it says, think on things that are above, set your minds on things that are above, think on things that are lovely, true, just, that's not, that's not poetic. That's a principle, right? And we understand it's a principle, then you choose. See, thinking is a choice. Thoughts come unaware. Thoughts come from one of three places, my friend. Either comes from you, either comes from, uh, it comes, it comes from either deep down inside of you, from a demonic, uh, uh, um, area or from the divine, divine, demonic, or deep inside of you. And you, you determine whose voice or what thought this comes from strictly from the word of God and what God is telling you, check it. Is this true? Is this true? Is this lovely? Is this commendable? Is this a good report? If not, we're not thinking on it. Because as a person, as a man who will think it in their heart, so are they. And the enemy's a a tactic through thoughts is to make you think those thoughts are you. And then you start giving clearance or power to that thought through thinking. Thinking is a choice. So when a thought comes to your mind, you are responsible for casting that negative thought out or not. 
And if you know, if you really understand the value of your mind and the preciousness of your soul, then you will stop every thought right here and say, you know what? That ain't what the word of God says. That's not what I should be thinking on. I don't care if it was my past or whatever. I'm not going to think on it. And I told a young lady today in life coaching, if you want one-on-one coaching, man, go to my website, IamUnplugged.com. But I had two coaching sessions along the same lines. But I talked to this young lady and I told her it's two highways. There's a highway of one ear out the other, and there's one, and there's another highway of one in one ear and down to the heart. Most people are allowing thoughts just in the highway of their mind go boop boop versus boop boop. You gotta you gotta mature your mind where you're able to say that thought has to go in one ear and out the other. Or, it, or I'm going to have guards to make sure that, that that thought don't even come in my mind. But things trigger thoughts, and that's understandable. But you cannot allow thoughts to come in, and then you think on it, and then you let them go to your heart. Because then you become those thoughts, and those things become a part of your life. So how do you deal with them? You deal with them with the Word of God. And you audit them, you investigate them because you understand the value of your mind and the pressures of your soul and the fruits that come from a soul that entertains any and everything, my friend. So write the thought down, write down a scripture that either supports that thought or contradicts that thought. And I want you to write down what the word of God, what you should think on. So for instance, if a negative thought comes to your mind saying that God don't got no man for you or God don't got no wife for you or things are not going to work out for you. Okay. Is where did this thought come from? Would God tell me that? No. Would I tell myself that? Possibly. Would a devil tell me that? You'd better believe it. So I'm not going to entertain it. But if it's something that's kind of in the gray area where you're in low self-esteem and you need some help, that's when you say, okay, what does the word of God say about me? I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Wow. Start looking up scriptures along those lines and then start saying, you know what? I'm going to say this a hundred times. I'm going to say this 40 times. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. My soul knows it very well. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. My soul knows it very well. Yo, now your mind is hearing you and now you're reprogramming your mind. So when that thought comes, your mouth opens and we already done with that. So I hope that helped fam because thoughts only intrude uh, when, 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 um, when, the uh, person on the inside is just letting any and everything inside. And so the devil's like, oh, she going to let me, oh, I could just drop anything in her mind. And that's how they waste your time. Hope they help. <clears throat> Shariah Reynolds says, how to read signs from God regarding big things, traveling to another country, moving out, mortgage, buying a house. Great question. Um, the Bible says he'll lead it. The spirit of truth will lead and guide you into all truth. Um, and the best way to ensure that you make great decisions going forward, since many big decisions are not daily decisions, you know what I'm saying? Not a lot of big decisions. You don't, we don't, we're not moving every day. We're not marrying every day. So big decisions, they don't happen every day. What I should do is start um, trusting the Holy Spirit with the little decisions of my life and actually walking with him daily, getting to know him so that your spirit will become even more sensitive. And how you make your spirit sensitive is cutting out all types of sources. All right. Or resources, which means, like I told the young lady above, start unplugging more often. Um, Stop watching the news. Stop hanging out certain places. Make your life as simple as possible and as still as possible. And then you navigate life sensitive to the Holy Spirit by praying in the Holy Ghost. Um, um, by being in your word, by by really just uh, just enjoying the company of God, working on your purpose, because the more you engage with him, the more you fellowship with him, instead of being entangled with so many different things, the more sensitive your spirit becomes. And so when big decisions come, you're not trying to, what's God's number again? How do I get it? You already know. And you know how he flows. You know his yes, you know his no. 
right? And so when it comes to those different things, what I will do is not make a move until you know it's God. And God will always send confirmation. One of the books that I'm writing right now is talking about how God confirms and, and God will send confirmation. He'll send as much confirmation as needed for you to walk in faith, my friend. And so what I will do is I will acknowledge God. I will petition to God one time and say, God, um, I don't like it here. I feel led to move, but God, I'm not moving until you tell me. And you go about your day and God will confirm it at the level for your faith to grow. Um, so God will let you know, especially when he provides the way. God will never make you make a decision and a transition is just kind of all over the place. He's going to make sure that the, the path will be straight. The lights, the Bible says he'll be a lamp to my feet. Your word will be a lamp to my feet, a light to my path. He'll say he'll make your crooked path straight. And what I mean by that, when you go from one place to the other, it won't be crooked. You won't be confused. You will be confident and sure. And God will make a way for you, my friend. And what I will do, I won't do anything until I know that I know that I know, especially when it comes to moving, traveling, because you got to understand it's more than just moving. You're not just moving one location, another location. As far as one city to city, you moving from one principality to another principality. You're moving from one area of, of warfare to another place of warfare. And if you move to a place and you're not prepped on that and you're not in the things of God like that, you may fall um, um, prey to the principality in that area and you find yourself lost in your way. A lot of people move to cities and then come out to start bearing the fruit of the principality of that city. Now, you just got to make sure you are led by the Spirit of God because there's safety in His will, there's protection in His will, and it's best to wait and give him the will of your life and, and let him, and you know it's him when your paths are straight, you're clear. And what I mean by clear, you're crystal clear and you're confident. And those are the key things that'll let you know that you're walking in the right steps with God, my friend. Miss Emper, thank you. That's good. I'm glad you tips to have good faith. Great question, Yasmin. Tips to have good faith. First of all, the word of God says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So how to build your faith? You have to recognize what faith is. Uh, faith is a muscle. Faith is focus. Faith is trust, actually, more so than focus. Faith is trust. Right now, I, all of us, contrary to proper belief, have good faith. Oh, not good faith. We all have great faith. Right now, because this chair is high quality, and it's a good chair. I love this chair. But, but, but I don't have to doubt. I, I come in this seat and I just sit because I, I already know that this chair is faithful because it's been faithful to me for many videos, it's been faithful to me for many um, sit downs. So that I have faith. The problem is that we have more faith in created things in the creator because we measure the faithfulness of our creator by the big things. And so what happens is, well, not you're not going to get God ain't going to bring big things all the time. So what happens is we lose faith in God because we have a wrong view of him. We have a wrong view of track record and timing. And so what happened is we'll be like, well, God ain't came through for me in months. No, God's been coming through for you moments. God don't come through for months. He come through in moments. The fact that you breathing is that he faithful. But when you measure God only by the big things he do for you, you lose sight on who he really is to you in the little things. The thing is breathing is big. Breathing is bigger than marrying. Breathing is bigger than money. Breathing, the fact that you're breathing is a bigger miracle than God bringing you a man or a woman. So you build your faith by making sure that you understand God's faithfulness towards you and his track record towards you and his goodness towards you. And how do you get good faith? Is, is, is examine where you delegate your faith, where you delegate your trust. But the word of God is plain. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God, because faith is a spiritual muscle that you build. And faith is developed in, in, in moments where your faith is tested. The Bible says, um, which scripture I'm going to, 
Um, count it all joy, my brothers, James, when you face trials of various kinds, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. So you need to know the purpose of patience and you got to know the mathematics of patience, right? The mathematics of faith. Um, you got to know how to count spiritually. You got to know that, okay, every situation, various trial when I meet them is to develop my faith for the next level. You need faith and trust in God because, because you got single faith. Like people who are single got singleness faith. Right. To some degree, some got good singleness face, some don't. But in order to uh, to really uh, uh, fulfill the, the, the components of marriage, you need you need married faith. You need stronger faith. So God builds your faith for the love, the next level of trust. And so so most people forget that greater levels mean greater devils, greater levels mean greater uh, uh, opportunities and temptation. And you got to make sure that you build your faith to the level that you want to flow in. Right. And you do that by making sure that your faith is in God. And you do that by getting a track record journal and just tracking the goodness of God, the faithfulness of God. And man, God, you came through. Even when I get good parking spots, God, you faithful. When someone gives me an extra rotisserie chicken, God, you faithful. When, when the person sees me in the back of the line and they say, sir, I could take you at this aisle. God, you faithful. I, I, I measure God not by the big things he do for me, but I measure him by the little big things he do for me. And that's what keeps you building and sharpening your faith because you recognize faith grows when you recognize God's faithfulness. Your faith, your faith grows in a thing based upon its faithfulness. And when you measure God as and you understand that he's faithful and trustworthy, your faith will grow and you have good faith, faith that's pure, faith that's dependent on God, but delegated by God. What that means is I got faith in God and then God, God is the one that leads me on how to delegate my faith. I don't give God faith to my wife. That'll break her. But God is going to help delegate some level of trust in her. I got to trust her to be the wife. And she got to trust me as a husband, but she can't put ultimate trust. So ultimate trust, dependent level trust is in God. And then it's delegated accurately through the leadership of the Holy Spirit. And that's where you trust the Holy Spirit to teach you don't put too much faith in him. Even Jesus said, I believe it's in Luke or Mark, or maybe it's Matthew, one of them gospels, when Jesus said, um, the word of God said he did not entrust himself to everyone because he knew their hearts. Right. And so we have to understand we have to trust the Holy Spirit to make sure that we don't put our faith in people that's going to end up having us falling and making mistakes. So tips to have good faith. Know that faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Know that faith is a muscle. Know that faith. All of us have faith is a substance of things hoped for the evidence of things not seen. And um, and and faith in God builds when you audit his track record and you really appreciate how faithful he is moment by moment versus ma uh, massive delivery after massive delivery. Uh, I'm, I may do some other videos on faith because it's I can go two, uh, two and a half hours on faith. But um, I hope that helps you to some degree. Uh, broad is the path that leads. That's right. Hey, y'all. Pray all is well with everybody. Thank you. Thank you. Uh oh, scroll down way past everybody. Um, hope y'all are well. Hope y'all are well. Let's see. Um, here we go. Pray all is well with everybody. Thank you. Coach Joshua. Here we go. Hey, coach, what do you think about marrying a Freemason? Uh, I, I, uh, a gentleman that wanted to marry me told me that he joined and I broke off with him once I found that he's mad at me. He's mad. At, well, let him be mad. Um, can two walk together unless they be agreed? Um, just do your research on Freemasonry. Um, um, we don't serve the same God. As simple as that. Um, um, but what I would say is this, you just got to make sure anytime someone's mad at a decision that you make, you can't trust them. Simple as that. If someone gets mad at you for doing something that's best for you, 
you already know you can't trust them. People use upsetness and sadness and quote unquote negative emotions as a reverse manipulative tool to get you to do what they want to make you feel bad for your decision to make you, you just got, can two walk together as they be agreed. Um, people who take oaths like that, whether in fraternities or sororities and, and Freemasons and stuff like that, you, you got to be very careful when you take oaths because some people are more connected to their um, clan, to their group, to their uh, sorority fraternity more than you are to God. And it kind of puts people in hard predicaments, especially when you start getting into blackmail and start, I ain't gonna go too deep. Um, but what I would do is keep it moving. And, and and don't pay him no mind. And it is what it is. Anytime, if he really cared about you, he'll say, you know what? If he if he was confident that you was him, his, then he'll say, you know what? Do what you do. I pray God's will is manifesting in life and he'll keep moving. But if he gets mad at you, he wanted you for selfish reasons. Anytime someone um, expresses strong emotions towards you, whether strong happiness or strong sadness, you can't trust them. That means they are thinking of you more highly than they ought to think, or they're thinking of you in a way selfish where they can manipulate and control and use you. But if a person's emotions is do what you need to do, I support you 100%, then that person is someone that's freed from um, needing you. See, need leads to perversion. You want somebody that wants you. You don't want nobody that needs you. And when someone needs you, they, they express very strong emotions. But someone who just wants you, they be like, okay, I, I mean, I'm disappointed, but you got to do what's best for you. And and his it, it, a person's response will determine their, their, um, their thoughts towards you. If they're extreme emotions, you got to let them go. They, they're thinking of you more how they ought to think, or they're trying to think of you in a way where they can manipulate and use you. Hope to help. Jenny Travels. Josh Wesley, so happy caught you live again. We're glad to have you. I'm glad, always glad to have you. How do I pacify my mind when I already said sorry to a close friend, a guy who was offended when I told him something about work? I am anxious about it. Well, first of all, the word of God says be anxious for nothing. If Even if you feel like you made a mistake, just acknowledge God and say, God, I think I did something wrong here. Show me how to address this. Everything must go to God first. Most times things go to our anxiety first or we try to go to an associate first, more so than acknowledging God first. And so what you do is you got to train your mind to go to God. And he said he'll give a peace. He says uh, he'll give you. Um, uh, he says, be anxious for nothing. But in everything, by prayer, and supplication, make a request known to God and um, the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and mind in Christ Jesus. We lose peace when we don't put our lives in the Prince of Peace. He's the Prince of Peace. He'll be the one that says, I'll guard your mind and heart. You don't understand this, but you got to trust that I understand what's going on. So acknowledge acknowledge God. Say, God, how do I address this? And if he don't answer you right away, you put it on the shelf and you go about your day and still be loving, still be kind towards him, still do what you do. Don't be anxious about it. And then God, in that very hour, when he wants, when he's ready for you to address it, you'll know exactly what to say. You'll know exactly how to handle it. And you'll be good, my friend. And, and just and learn from it and make sure that you say, well, is my tongue too loose? Do I say things too quick? Then you learn from the situation so that you'll know how to handle it the next time. Uh, and you'll have good self-awareness, self-examination, and you're able to interact with people a little bit differently. But don't be, don't let anxiety build. Acknowledge God, trust God, and go about your day, and then He'll tell you exactly how to handle every situation. Hope that helps. Lashandra says, "Hey, Coach, how to know when to speak up when I'm being taken advantage of immediately? And sometimes you don't have to speak with your words; speak with your actions. First off, the the first thing the first thing you need to speak up is to yourself." 
You got to look at yourself and say, you know what? Why am I letting these people take advantage of me? I used to be that. I used to be a people pleaser to the 10th degree. I, I, I was so afraid to be abandoned, my friend, that I, I, I know I'm getting taken advantage of, but I'd rather have your company than to be by myself. I'd rather be accompanied by these individuals than to be abandoned and left alone. But then when I realized that I'm never alone, that I got someone better with me, um, the Holy Spirit of God that's with me, then my value began to increase. When I began to recognize that I'm a son of God, that I'm a child of God, and when you begin to recognize that you're a daughter of God, your value, your perceived value goes up to your positional value. I talked about this in a good guys podcast. We talked about <clears throat> how there's two types of value, your positional value, which is in God. So that's, that's unshakable value. But the way you see yourself will, will, will present outside of your perceived value. And when people perceive that you don't see value in you, they'll see value in you and take advantage of you. But when you get your perceived value up to your positional value and you begin to recognize that you're a daughter of God, that you're a child of God, that you love by him, then, then you, your price goes up. And people who's paying uh, pennies on a dollar to get you, they now realize they can't afford you. And people who can't afford you shouldn't be in accord with you. And what I mean by that is if people cannot afford your level of thinking, afford your level of living, then then you got to then say, well, we can't be friends and we can't do X, Y, and Z because we are not on a one accord because now my value has increased. And so the real thing, you got to speak up to yourself and say, hey, LaShondra, why am I not, why am I letting people take advantage of me? Who are these people? It don't matter if your mom, your dad, your brother, your sister, your best friend, if they're taking advantage of you, they don't love you. But you won't be able to recognize what true love is if you don't even know love as a noun. If you don't know your love, and if you don't even know, even even if you don't love yourself, how can you know how to do self love and sent love if you don't know the person who is love, who is Jesus? And when you begin to recognize what the Word of God says about you, your stock increases. No, 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 no. your value don't increase. Your perceived value becomes clear, and you'll be like, you know what? I'm worth more than this. So I don't care what your past is, or what you may have done, or who you may owe. There's a difference been there's a difference between looking out for someone and being taken advantage by that some by that person. And then when that self-love begins to build, then you change your actions. And then when you change your actions because your self-love has elevated, there are responses towards your self-love and self-care will determine how they view you as a friend. And so then when they start getting disrespectful, then it's when you nicely, politely say, hey, I don't appreciate you doing this. And for a long period of time, I've been letting y'all get away with this, but we can't do this anymore. But you got to do your homework and your due diligence first because people can really twist that and you'll, you'll, you'll be bold for a minute. And then they'll be like, she don't really mean it. And then we'll get back and get what we want from her in a minute. <laughs> and but when you done your homework and you start getting in and meditating on the word of God in the same time, still, I don't mean you still get taken advantage of. No, you stop it. You stop it. You just stop it with your actions. Stop it with your time and stop it. And then and then when they start asking questions, then that's when you let them know, hey, man, I just, you know, I've been focused. I've been doing this X, Y and Z. I don't have much time. Um, first off, I just don't feel comfortable doing this anymore. And their response towards you will let you know everything you need to know. But the real conversation has to be had first is between you and God and you and yourself and why you allowing these people to take advantage of you and increase your value, perceived value of yourself and go and find words on God's love towards us, God's love towards you. And what does God say about you? How God views you? Meditate on those after a period of time. Repent for that way of thinking. Renew your mind into thinking the way you should be thinking. You should be good, my friend. Uh. 
And then God will show you how to talk to them if you even if a conversation is warranted. But sometimes when you change your when you change your actions and you change the way you carry yourself and move, people move out of your life. Unfortunately, uh, no, not unfortunately, but fortunately. Two more, and I gotta go. <clears throat> Pick up top says, Coach, I have a hard time breaking away from an individual that I know is not for me. I keep going back. I don't know why. And my friend got to get this book on soul ties, my friend. And I got a lot of videos online that talks about how to untie soul ties, the purpose of freedom. This book right here will help you really begin the process of different types of ties. Um, but to answer your question at this moment, um, you got to ask yourself, why do you have a hard time? What level of intimacy did you have with this individual? Um, um, uh, what type of, uh, uh, yeah, what type of intimacy? And um, I want you to, I want you to watch the latest video I did this past Thursday where I talked about um, sex and uh, sexual purity and, and, and singleness, right? I want you to go through that. I want you to download that worksheet. That worksheet will really help you really process your connections with people. And in there, you can actually download. If you go to my website um, and go to the course page, uh, let me see if I can find that website for you. I'll find it for you. So if you go to lifework.teachable.com and you go to the Purpose Singleness course and you go all the way down to how to walk in sexual purity, and then you'll be able to download the worksheet and the book for free there, actually. So I'm going to post that link for you, my friend. And that, that worksheet will kind of help you to really process why you're doing what you're doing. And it will help you to not get so caught up in that and be misused by people. Um, but you got to look at the facts, my friend. You got to be able to say, you got to be good to yourself so you'll know the difference between what's good and not good for you. If you're not good to yourself, you'll let, you'll let low-level people have access to you. So the real question is, why are you not being good to yourself? And un unfortunately, not, not unfortunately, but um, that's what happens when there's intimacy involved. Then y'all get unnecessary tied to each other and things get complicated and your emotions are over the place. But that's why you got to write the facts. What you got to do right now, I want you to write on a sheet of paper why this person not good for you. Write down every single reason why. Because I tell people this, one con, well, all, one, one con can outweigh 12 pros. So a person may have 12 pros. He may be good with money. He may be good in the church. He may volunteer. But if he's abusive, it don't matter how 15 good traits he has, that one bad trait erases them all. So what you do is you got to write that individual, the good, the bad, the ugly, all on that paper and write down on another sheet of paper. Why, how do you view yourself? And so when you or your goals or the type of person that you want to be with or want to be friends with, and then when you see the two don't match, you'll be able to have the facts on paper. So I tell people sometimes you got to type it out. You got to print it out. You got to put one copy in your purse, one copy in a glove compartment, fellas, one copy in your wallet, where no matter no matter when you feel those feelings about that person, you pull that, you pull them facts out, fact check. That's what I'm calling it. Do a fact check. But do a fact check. Yeah. I, yeah. Tyrone is crazy. Tiffany is crazy. Boop. Then your mind sees on paper why you should leave that person alone, alone and you move on about your business, my friend. But that will help in accordance to understanding what soul ties are and strongholds are. And uh, download that. Watch that video. Uh, download that worksheet, my friend. It will help you at least couple with that activity that I just gave you. Last but not least, Rachel says, how can you tell if images you see is real and something you need to take seriously? Example, seeing images of a death of a death that you don't have details to, but the emotions are so strong. Um, you just got to realize that um, what I would do, my friend, is write on a sheet of paper and say, God, reveal the meaning of this to me. If this is from you, reveal the meaning and write it down. Don't overly. First off, if it's a death towards you, the Bible says he'll give you 
uh, long life. Long life, he will satisfy you, will live and not die to declare the works of the Lord. I had a lot of dreams, a lot of uh, uh, impressions on my life that I was going to die at 33. And I'm 34 years old, but I had to keep repeating that scripture. I will live and not die to declare the works of the Lord. I, I um, uh, With long life, he will satisfy me. And, and, but if it's something about someone else, God will never give you anything um, and not give you clarity on it. So what I would do is write that dream down, write them down and say, Holy Spirit, reveal this to me in your timing, put on the shelf and move on in peace, move on in peace. And the Holy Spirit will let you know in, in, in time, in time, what that meeting meaning is. And if it's someone that you know, right. And you see details, pray for them in the meantime, God, I cover them with your divine protection. Lord, reveal to them to reveal to them to the ways of wisdom they should walk in. Praise them the gap for them, but walk in peace. Don't be bound by right on a sheet of paper. And the Holy Spirit may be training you um, in, in in the gifts of the Spirit, and and welcome that training. But don't allow that training or allow that uh, thing to make you feel with anxiety. Coach loves y'all. Got to go. It's late. It's about twelve. But I got books for you. Got the Purpose of Freedom: How to Untie Soul Time Strongholds. That books on my website as well. I got a book here on spiritual warfare, World War Me: How to Win the War Within. To and win the wars against you. Got a book called Dating Prep, How to Date Yourself and the Love of Your Life Forever. It's a great resource. It has a card game that goes with it that will help you uh, process your relationships um, to make sure that person you with is the right one. And you also do it as a single person as well. I also got a book for singles, uh, The Purpose of Singleness, Are You Whole or Full of Holes? A great resource there for, for those who are single. I got a book for kids, as he says, as for the students I serve, a great resource there. That's a benefit to kids. Um, it helps them discover the art form. It's also a cartoon series that my wife and I are planning on developing to help kids with self-love and, and creativity. Also, my first book I ever wrote called Unplug. Great resource there. But all those resources there are there on my website. I'll go ahead and put that up right now. Uh, my website, IamUnplugged.com. And there you're able to get resources uh, courses, books. Um, if you need one-on-one -on -one coaching and you need, um, you want to talk to me one-on-one, -on -one, I had two coaching sessions a day, have two tomorrow. Um, then two, I think two on Wednesday. So we're getting pretty full. Um, but, uh, oh, for those, I added a search box right here for y'all. So y'all actually can type in y'all's, um, I added two search boxes here. I don't know how it looks on the phone, but you're able to type in and find y'all's worksheets on the main page. Um, but we have, a. Our mentoring program, my Wi-Fi, if you want to help support that, you can give towards that as we start back up next year. So these are actually the kids that we mentioned in our mentoring program. Online courses, you can actually go here and sign up for all three of our courses. Um, we got a course on procrastination. We got a course on insecurities. And of course, we got a course on purpose of singleness. We also got my books. Go to books there. We got t-shirts. You go to our, our website and get merch. Um, also, if you want some booking, you want to book me for a speaking engagement, you can do that there as well as donate. If you feel led by God to support us financially, we'll greatly appreciate it. Um, but if you need one-on-one -on -one coaching or oh, we got a podcast card games, you need one-on-one -on -one coaching. I would love to, uh, sit down with you one-on-one. -on -one. Let me know what your budget is and, um, and we'll make it happen. And so we got uh spiritual growth coaching. We got values and self-esteem coaching, uh, hit the button. Let me know what your uh, budget is, what you could do per hour, and we'll make it happen, my friend. So you select your coaching options, your name, you put your uh, budget for how much you can do per hour, days and times you fill, all that good stuff. But I would love to serve you all and however I can with books, resources, tools, all that good stuff. Uh, but Coach loves y'all. Let me look at the bottom because a lot of y'all say things. Um, okay, we're good. Everybody's good. Love y'all. Y'all be blessed.
I see y'all go live again tomorrow. So make sure you all post notifications. Make sure y'all got it good because I would love to serve y'all again tomorrow. Lord willing. I'll see y'all next time. Peace.